All right. Good morning. My name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministry, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is August the 25th. Hope you and yours had a great weekend. Um, last time we were together, uh, we actually finished uh, session 28. Um, in session number 28, we covered uh, Acts chapter 15, 32 through 1631. Uh, so today we're going to pick up uh, just a little recap here. Um, in, uh, of course, Acts chapter number 15, we had the Jerusalem Council, uh, where the issue in regards to whether or not the Gentiles needed to be circumcised and fall under the law of Moses was settled. And, um, of course, um, Silas and Judas were sent with Paul and Barnabas as they went back to Antioch, and they read uh, the letter that had been penned by the apostles as recommended by James in regards to um, the outcome of the council. Um, and then we roll into chapter number 16. They come to Derby and Lystra. Uh, Derby was the last place that Paul visited on his first missionary journey. It was also the place that uh, we believe that he met Timothy. Uh, Timothy came under Paul's preaching on his first missionary journey. And, um, and then, of course, we've, we've already talked about this. Uh, Paul went ahead and circumcised him. Seems like a complete contradiction, uh, considering the whole council was about whether or not people needed to be circumcised. But the caveat was Timothy's mother was a Jew. She was a Jewess. And um, so just for expediency uh, and not causing the Jews to stumble, who knew this, Paul went ahead and had him circumcised. Um, and then, of course, Paul, in, chapter number, in verse number six, decided he wanted to uh, go into the province of Asia. And the Holy Spirit came and said, no. I want you to go into Macedonia. This is referred to in the church as the Macedonian call. Uh, we used to actually sing that song <laughs> at the beginning of every church service uh, when I was a kid, the Macedonian call. And Paul uh, went over into Macedonia. And of course, he went to Philippi. Philippi was a Roman uh, port city. Uh, it was a military outpost, actually. And um, it was there that he went down by the riverside to pray, and he met Lydia. And he began to, to preach, and Lydia attended unto the things which were spoken of by Paul. And, of course, she was baptized. And we talked about that, how early in Paul's ministry, Paul continued to baptize. And, um, of course, later on, he would come to further revelations, and he wouldn't make that big of a deal out of baptism anymore. Again, we talked about this. Paul uh, obviously had revelations, plural, uh, which means he didn't receive everything that he knew at the same time. When he received uh, the mystery um, of the body of Christ, um, that was just one phase. And then he, he later on, he I believe he came to understand the actual postponement of the kingdom. Um, he actually understood that Israel had been set aside temporarily as he penned the book of Romans. 
so uh, Lydia came to the faith. And then, of course, uh, Paul uh, and Silas cast the demon out of a young girl. And, of course, they ended up getting thrown into prison for doing that. Uh, and because her master saw the hope of their gain was gone, and uh, they ended up before the magistrates, they ended up getting getting beating, beaten, and of course we end up with Paul and Barnabas in prison praying and singing, and um, of course the jailer is listening to this, and all of a sudden the foundations of the prison were shaken, the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were loosed. Of course we know that this was a supernatural event, um, because it appears that it was only the the earthquake was only there, and that their bands were also loose. The average earthquake, last time I checked, doesn't make handcuffs fall off. Um, and of course, the prison guard drew his sword because he knew that that meant death for him if his prisoners escaped. But Paul cried out and said, "Do yourself no harm. We're all here." And they called for a light, and he came in, and trembling fell down before. Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and sirs, and asked the famous question, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Um, uh, notice the pronoun, what must I do to be saved? Unlike the kingdom gospel, uh, which was for the nation, the kingdom gospel, or the grace gospel, is for the individual. You remember as Peter preached that first Pentecostal sermon on the day of Pentecost, uh, they were pricked to the heart, and they said unto Peter, What must we do? What shall we do? It was a national gospel. The entire nation needed to repent, accept Jesus as their king, and he would have restored the kingdom. And then, of course, in verse number 31, Peter's, uh, Paul's answer is, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Again, very different from the kingdom gospel, very different from the response that Peter gave in Acts 2 and verse number 38 when they said, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, Paul didn't say that. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the difference between the kingdom and the grace gospel. It's not a contradiction. It's a different program. God does not change, but his methods with man does, and it has, and it will. Yet again, there is no way you can convince me that these are not two different gospels. They are. Uh, throughout Paul's epistles, my gospel, my gospel, uh, it was not given to me by man, but I received it Obviously, it's it's a different gospel than what the apostles were preaching. And then notice he says, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. When it says thy house, it does, it does not mean that everybody in his house would get saved if he got saved, but that everybody in his house could be saved in the same way that he could be saved. That's what that means. And then in verse number 32, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Um, after the jailer asked the question, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, you just need to believe. And he spake unto him to the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. So the jailer asked the question. Paul begins to answer it by sharing the word of the Lord with him. Um, 
Now, bear in mind, this jailer was a Gentile. So he's preaching the gospel of grace to this Gentile. He is not preaching the gospel of the kingdom to this Gentile. He says, just believe. And we'll talk about that as we continue to study, because I'm becoming increasingly convinced that Paul continued to preach two gospels. Uh, I don't think Paul understood at this point that the kingdom was off the table, that the kingdom had indeed been postponed. It was no longer being offered. Um, So I believe that Paul was indeed, as he went into the Jewish synagogues, preaching to Jews and to uh, proselytes, he was teaching a kingdom gospel. But when he was dealing exclusively with Gentiles, he was preaching a grace gospel. Again, I just don't think Paul at this point understood that the kingdom had indeed been postponed. Of course, he would later. Um, but again, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to just read what I see in the text. Um, I see people believing. I, I see people still getting baptized, not as a requirement for salvation, but it, it follows up with the belief. Um, unlike in Acts chapter number 2, where they they had to repent and be baptized first before they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, as Paul's preaching, they believe, and then they were baptized. And we'll see that baptism will, will begin to take a back seat in, the, Paul, in, the, in the, uh, the life of Paul's ministry as well uh, as he goes. Uh, and then notice, and they took him the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all of his, straightway. So afterwards, the jailer took them to his home. He washed their stripes. And then after he had been, the word of the Lord was shared with him, all his were baptized straightway. That means all of his believed. And then their belief was followed up by baptism. Um, And then notice in verse number 34, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. So that means everybody in his house believed the message of the gospel that Paul was preaching. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeants saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go, now therefore depart and go in peace. Can't help but note here that by not leaving and allowing the jailer to minister to them, they actually saved his life. Um, Because you remember when Peter escaped uh, from his imprisonment and the angel let him out, he didn't know if he was awake or asleep. Uh, that when they summoned the guards to ask them what happened, they forfeited their lives with Peter's escape. Um, But here we see that even after the earthquake, even when Paul and Silas could have bolted, they didn't. They stayed. They stayed under the jailer's care until the magistrates said, hey, you need to let these guys go. So um, I I see this as an act of compassion on the part of Peter of Paul and Silas. I see this. Um, they saved this jailer's life. But Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privately or privily, nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. 
And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them in out and desired to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. So again, we see Paul here um, playing his Roman citizenship card. Saul was both a Jew by birth and he was a Gentile um, by birth. Uh, Paul didn't, well, I'm not saying that right. (laughs) He was both a Jew and a Gentile, but he was a Jew by birth and he was also a Roman citizen by birth. Um, We spoke about this in regards to his calling to be the apostle to the Gentiles. He was the only one that had these two certifications. He was the only one that really needed them because he was the only one that left Jerusalem to reach the Gentiles. Only he uniquely met these qualifications that would enable him to better reach the Gentiles. Um, The others, the other 12, were Jews They stayed in Jerusalem preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish nation. So Paul was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Therefore, um, he had to go outside the confines of Jerusalem purposely. Um, And he played this Roman citizenship card several times. Uh, He uses this card in Acts chapter number number, number 20, Number 21, verse 37, And as Paul was led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? Who said, Canst thou speak Greek? Art art not thou an Egyptian, which before these days made us an uproar and led us out into the wilderness four thousand men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man, which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak to the people." Again, he threw the citizenship trump card down. So God used that to help Paul in his ministry. In Acts chapter number 22, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him, and they bound him with, with, with thongs. And Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful would you scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? So we see Paul using that citizenship trump card. And again, he was uniquely called to the Gentiles. And he had um, in his pedigree, in his resume, he was both a Jew and a Roman. And um, notice that he demands justice. Notice that they came to him privately or privily by and said, just let these people go. But Paul demands justice. Notice, notice he said, um, he said, let them come and fetch us out themselves. They cast us into prison, we being Romans, and now they want to thrust us out privately. Um, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Christians are supposed to be chumps. You know, all of this uh, passivism stuff really comes from not rightly dividing um, the word. 
um, turning the other cheek, and um, if he strikes you on this one, give him that one. Um, um, again, that comes from not rightly dividing. Uh, again, pacifism. Um, I just, I just, you know, it's fine if you believe that, but don't use the scripture to justify that. Uh, it's not right division when you do so. Um, then notice as we come down into chapter number 17, we wrap up uh, chapter number 16. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is the Christ. So notice once again, I see Scott asking some questions about Paul preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Um, and um, I, I think that's going to be addressed uh, here, Scott. Um, let's just, uh, no offer them the kingdom, but no offer them sour freedom from the law, Paul didn't. Very, very good question, man. I'm working my way through this, uh, and we can certainly will continue to talk about that. But uh, look as as we look in here into chapter number 17. Notice he continues to go to the synagogue of the Jews. Um, now, previously, he's already said, from thenceforth, we're, we're going to go to the Gentiles. I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. But Paul continually went to the Jews. Every city that he went into, when he when he came into Philippi, where does he go? He goes down by the river and he tries to find out where the Jews are. Uh, he consistently goes into the synagogue of the Jews. What for? To preach to them, of course. Um, so he goes to the synagogue of the Jews, and as his manner was, which means he obviously did this all the time, he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. And again, what what was he trying to reason with them out of the scriptures? He was trying to convince them using the Old Testament scriptures. Um, and then, of course, what was he trying to convince them of? That Christ must needs have suffered. That Christ had to die and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. So he went into the synagogue of the Jews, as his manner was. He reasoned with them out of the scriptures, trying to convince them that Christ had to die, that Christ had to be raised again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom he's preaching, is indeed the Christ. Um, now, bear in mind, he is speaking to Jews who, like many in the church today, believe that Jesus' ministry was a failure because it ended up with the cross. They didn't understand, just like the apostles didn't understand that he came to die. It wasn't a failure. It was the entire reason that he came. He had to fulfill, and this is the caveat, he had to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies in regards to the crucifixion before a legitimate offer of the kingdom could be made. So he's reasoning with these Jews 
trying to convince them using the Old Testament scriptures that Christ had to die, that everything that happened in Christ's three-year ministry or in Christ's earthly life had to happen before the kingdom could be offered. Um, and we'll get into this a little later. I've already gone over my time. so. But I think as we're going to see, and we're going to work our way through here, and I, and I understand the questions, Lord knows, I got plenty of them, but I'm just coming to see, or at least I, I think I am, that Paul still continued to preach two Gospels. Um, and again, I say that, and, and I may totally, you know, if you show me something, I see something, uh, I, it just doesn't seem to me that he went into the Jewish synagogues and preached the gospel of grace. Uh, at least I, I can't see that. He, he, he still continues to talk to them about the kingdom. And we've already talked about that in a previous verse when he said, tribulation must come and then will come the kingdom. Why would he still be talking about that? I, I just, I mean, what I'm seeing is that it just seems that Paul, at this point in his ministry, did not totally understand that the kingdom had been postponed. Uh, the apostles would continue to preach the kingdom their entire earthly lives. So I would contend that the gospel of the kingdom was preached until the death of the last apostle. And that's certainly not now, for sure. I mean, we're around, what, 50 um, John wrote, John the Revelator wrote Romans in 90, 90-ish. So the gospel of the kingdom was continuing to be taught by these apostles, which means that they must have still felt that the kingdom was on the table. Um, so again, we'll work our way through it, but I think chapter number 17 here really goes a long way towards starting to peel that back and to show that, but we'll learn it together. And uh, we'll admit mistakes together, and uh, we'll come to conclusions together. They may not be in agreement, but, <laughs> but we'll certainly try. So anyway, God bless you guys. Uh, good to see you. Scott, I appreciate your question there, man. We'll start delving into that. Um, and um, hope you have a great day. And uh, until tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m., God bless you.